Uh, here to review the Sunday papers are Sheila Riley of the uh, Longford Leader and uh, News Talk's own Kieran Cuddy. How are you guys? Thanks for coming into us. Um, look, let's start with the um, that story of the IRA. Have they gone away? Uh, the PSNI sort of pretty clearly indicating, Kieran, o- over the weekend that um, they are still there in some shape or form and that they are suspects in this latest murder. Yeah, it's unusual, I suppose. In a way, it's not. It's not surprising what the PSNI, that statement at all. You know what I mean? It's what people expect. And when you go through some of the facts and figures that are in the papers today and uh, yesterday as well, uh, Ed Maloney had a great piece in the Irish Times. But just going through uh, some of what's happened in and around, say from 94, from the ceasefire 94 up until decommissioning in 2005 up until now we've had Northern Rock we've had I think that Columbia fiasco where they were apparently bird watching a few of them over no, there Northern Bank not Northern, Northern Rock, Rock sorry yeah, yeah. Northern Rock we did have Northern Rock but that was a totally different to- story totally off. different story I don't think they were involved uh, Northern Bank the, the, uh, Columbia there's 40 people killed with connections to republicanism um, 200 million in a property portfolio when they decommissioned um, around the world in the Caribbean and places like this uh, a, a criminal enterprise over the whole island of Ireland that's been estimated, I think it's in the, uh, in the um, Sunday Independent today, estimated between 800 and a billion euro. Uh, people knew this. This wasn't a kind of... A now, they, Sinn Féin would deny that. They would say they have absolutely no links and the IRA, uh, with, with the IRA have gone away and there are absolutely no links with criminality. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like, you know, remember the front of the banking inquiry with Trichet and you got the impression that they were both... Uh, Everyone knew what happened, but they were using kind of how they described it mattered, you know, essentially. And I think that's what's happening here. Like how Sinn Féin described, they say, uh, I think they've left the stage is what they say. Mm. It seems to be the the, Ed Maloney saying, was it Ed Maloney saying they may have left the stage, but but not not the the theatre. Yeah, you know, they've, they've left the stage and they say, well, look, what we're talking about is is linked to terrorist activities. What everyone else is talking about is gone away in a general sense, and they haven't gone away in a general sense. And that's been painfully obvious since 2005. And what we have really in the last couple of days is just official confirmation that they haven't gone away. Mm. Now, Sinn Féin, as you said, they deny it. But what Sinn Féin are saying is that, look, they've no links to terrorism. The IRA that we, we used to know are gone away. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're right. Maybe they have... Well, I think we, that, as probably we knew is, them, that probably is. As we knew they're, them, they they're not. They're certainly not involved in, tar- in terrorism. I think we can say that quite yeah, categorically. But the, but the idea, I suppose, that that statement came out from P. O'Neill in 2005 and everyone kind of got an email and a little bing in their inbox and read it and kind of thought, oh, that's it now. I got, I, I, I'll turn my back on everything I was involved with. When the IRA was more than just a terrorist organisation, it was a huge criminal enterprise that all of that would be that they turned their back on everything it, that was fanciful Sheila yeah I mean it, all of that is true like it, it's fascinating to see how this is playing out because in lots of ways as Kieran points out and a lot of the commentators today are saying the same thing wasn't this an open secret didn't everybody know this in some way or other that the structure wouldn't it be fanciful to imagine that the structure of the organisation was just literally blown away overnight by the peace process when you uh, think uh, of and you could also argue fanciful the idea that you would leave the field completely free uh, to dissident Republicans and are that's, that's a point that Ed Maloney made in his piece yesterday actually because he said that at one stage Adams they were trying to get the UK government to agree to allow that the IRA would be allowed to retain some arms instead of having to decommission all of them because to allow for, for the fact to, yeah, that dissidents might come out onto the field if you like and it was, when that got to Michael McDowell in Dublin he just sewed the boot into that and said no that wasn't going to happen and eventually they decommissioned and everything and fascinating that Britain was willing to 
to yes, exceed to that. I thought I mean, that was an, a really There's also suggestions point. over the weekend that, that, that you know, at, at government level, there was uh, a willingness to turn a blind eye to some, some of the uh, fuel smuggling and, and that, that was going on. Now, again, that would be rejected by both governments. It would, it would certainly be rejected be by rejected, the Republicans as well. But the reality is, if you look at the fuel smuggling and look at the operation behind fuel smuggling, you know, you are not talking about two fellas up a field you know, washing a bit of diesel. Like, this is a massive operation that is run out of a number of different points um, on in border areas and there is no way that there isn't some knowledge about what's going on there. And the reality uh, Sinn Féin is would say they can't be held responsible even for what ex-members yes, would do. and that's true and they can't be. But the reality is what I'd be saying, look at fuel smuggling. It's a good example because look at the organisation that's involved in that. And we are told that some of that fuel ends up in the UK and ends up being processed through petrol stations in the UK as as well as here in Ireland. So if you look at that, like that doesn't happen without a massive organisation, without a structure behind it. The structure is what I'm talking about, not necessarily the organisation as in the provisional IRA, as Kieran says, that we used to know. In terms of the coverage uh, today, um, Jim Cusack writing about mm. Owen Harris, writing about Suzanne Breen in The Independent yesterday, uh, Kieran mentioned Ed Maloney's piece in the Irish Times. Uh, wh- what stands out for you? Well, as well as that, then the Sunday Times, John Mooney's piece in the Sunday Times in relation to the guard the chief criticised for provo denial. So we see this coming back now to um, to the commissioner, uh, Noreen O'Sullivan, who, as we know, sent a letter of kind of comfort, if you like, to Porrick McLaughlin, um, the Sinn Féin justice Which spokesman you would have to assume, to be fair to Noreen O'Sullivan, that that was genuine at the time, that that was their genuine intelligence. And I'd, I'd say Sinn Féin would make the argument, well, look, the Gardaí say that the IRA have gone away. Oh, yes. But now you have the PSNI coming out and saying, no, that isn't the case, mm. albeit they're not on a war footing. And the Sunday Times uh, kind of focuses in on that and points out as well, and indeed this is in The Independent as well, and that front page coverage, The Independent, that the Department of Justice kind of has distanced itself in some way from that letter. Uh, and yesterday it said that neither the Justice Minister, neither it or the Justice Minister had advanced knowledge or were involved in any way in the issuing of that letter uh, to Mr McLaughlin. And I think they have a comment in at the bottom of the main piece on the front of uh, in the front of the paper where uh, they say something in relation to persons uh, that there's an acknowledgement that persons uh, with connections to Pyra have some sort of are involved in criminal activities and that's from the Department of Justice as well so you're seeing a kind of separation there between the DOJ and uh, and the Commissioner if you like although the commission the Gardaí have now come out and said they're not mm. saying anything because okay. it's a live investigation in the North I thought that was fascinating it the is the Times are t- focused in on that um, Let's have a listen to what uh, stick on your headphones guys because let's have a listen to what Fianna Fáil Justice Spokesperson Niall Collins uh, was saying to us a little earlier this morning I caught up with him I think people are hugely concerned by the comments of the PSNI because for the last number of years we've been hearing particularly from Sinn Féin spokespeople that the IRA have gone away and that they have disbanded and that they no longer exist and despite the uh, qualifications which the Chief Constable of the PSNI gave the fact of the matter is this the IRA still exists and if they exist, they have a structure and an organisation. And we can see that there has been issues, uh, the latest murder of uh, the latest McGuigan murder. And uh, I think the public down in the south of Ireland are hugely concerned at the ongoing Sinn Féin denials in relation to this. I, I think we need, you know, less of the uh, two-faced approach that they're taking to this. You know, saying one thing in public, but obviously conceding privately that uh, the IRA does exist, uh, maintaining a public position that it doesn't exist, and all their uh, senior spokespeople holding that particular line, it's simply not good enough. This is a party that's in government in the north of Ireland. Uh, It's trying to hold itself out as a credible political 
party here in the south of Ireland while maintaining a contradictory position in relation to the IRA. It's just simply not good enough. Okay, Niall Collins there. Kieran? Uh, yeah, I'm going to occupy ground that I'm not, I'm not used to occupying. But to, to defend Sinn Féin, I don't know, can you, is it fair to criticise them? Can they really be held accountable if some former members of the provisional IRA decide to continue operate some operations? You know what I mean? Like, as in, are, are, can, can the they be... The extent of the operations, though. I'm not sure if it like it, it I, I think there is a difference though if individuals I don't think they can be held responsible if individuals are still carrying out you know say nef- uh, criminal activities I don't think they can be held accountable for that if the IRA are still in existence in some shape or form well then I think Sinn Féin have to be held accountable for that I'm not sure I'm not sure in in some shape or form like that's so broad like in some shape or form means like the 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 statement from the PSNI talked about uh uh, an order from uh, from command structures, from army council or something uh, along those lines uh, w- within the, the the provisional IRA movement, Th- like that. We don't know what that means. That could be one person ordering a handful of people who are involved in this spat in Belfast uh, that's led to tit for tat murders. Uh, like you know, in some shape or f- that would include in some shape or form. Like it's such a broad. It's such a broad sweeping statement that essentially you're saying like if if there's a handful of former provosts still identifying themselves as provosts and breaking the law, that Sinn Féin are responsible no, for that. I, and I, I'm just, I'm not sure is that the case. I don't think Sinn Féin can be held responsible. I think if I think the, the PSLA, the PSLA went further than that though. They said there is still, they suggested there was still a command structure. Mm, they definitely did, yeah. Just in and terms I, of other things, that, other pieces that, that caught your eye yeah, on that. In, well in actually just on, uh, when I was listening to Niall Collins there, I kind of was brought to the piece that Owen Harris has in his, uh, in The Independent today and he mentioned he kind of talks about the moral fog that surrounds this and in particular I'm talking about how politicians and the press and the Republic pussyfooted around the possible provisional IRA involvement for more than a week in the murder of Kevin McGuigan and that is a good point you know that it was kind of nobody was daring to say that until but realistically nobody could until the PSNI came out and the PSNI came out then and blew the whole thing out of the water but Harris We, we, We should remind ourselves as well I mean this is a party that conceivably could lead the next government. It probably well, won't happen, but it conceivably could happen. In regard, you need to. In that regard, you need to look at them separately, realistically. You know, you need to look at what did what did um, the chief constable say this week? What did he say yesterday? George Hamilton. He said, you know, the provisional IRA is still on the stage, essentially, albeit not on a war footing. But he was talking about the provisional IRA, and here's the point where Sinn Féin need to keep the distance between themselves and, mm. and pirate and that's the problem for them now of course is how, how do they do that and anybody who comes out particularly the difficulty for Niall Collins and any any political spokesperson that comes out in, in terms of that is that immediately Sinn Féin turn around and the first thing they say is this is political opportunism and it's you know people basically trying to use this as a way to undermine the strength of Sinn Féin in, in the Republic particularly I'd say because in reality which it may well be but that doesn't mean voting. there aren't legitimate questions no there so. are legitimate questions questions and again just in relation to Owen Harris's piece he, he kind of makes the point about journalists kind of falling into a number of different categories but basically not really being able to not asking the proper questions in terms of the provisional IRA but a lot of I don't I think that's a bit unfair in some ways because in reality the peace process has been so, on such a tenuous footing for so long even though it's gone on so long mm. it's still on a very tenuous footing and we never kind of got away from the first step of oh look at it's great they're not killing each other anymore but how do you then move it on to yeah. the next okay. level onto okay. a different more structured level I thought Suzanne Breen kind of made that point yesterday that 
the governments were willing to kind of turn a blind eye to what was going on up there because, well, she kind of says dramatically, you know, because, well, look at sure they were just killing each other. Essentially, they weren't killing cops. OK, uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, Sheila Riley and Kieran Cuddy are staying with us. We'll be back with more from the Sunday Papers after this short break. Uh, big text reaction to the issue of um, Sinn Féin and the IRA and whether or not the IRA has actually uh, left the stage or the theatre. Michael and Navin says, the question is to ask, the question to ask is, is the Army Council still intact? If so, what's their purpose now? Why is it still in existence? But Bernie says, give us and show us the evidence, uh, PSNI. OK, now our next story. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? It paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Yeah, I don't know if Alan Kelly's a big uh, Joni Mitchell uh, fan, but uh, Sheila, he's... Uh, Making the headlines for a... Uh, he surely is, yeah. Um, interesting story on a car park. On a car park. The Sunday Business Post says this piece. Um, Michael Brennan has it. Basically, Environment Minister Alan Kelly handed out 275,000 grant to a town to reduce car journeys, even though officials warned him it would be used to build a car park. Now, the piece tells us that the money for Ballina Killaloo, um, the twin towns, uh, Ballina is in, Kill- in Kelly's uh, Tipperary K- constituency. Killaloo, as you know. just across Killaloo, the... just across the Shannon yeah, there in Clare. Uh, beautiful part of the world. Yeah, and uh, they have documents obtained obtained from the FOI in relation to this to show that an expert assessment team had recommended that the town would not get any funding under a scheme called the, I think it's Active Travel active travel scheme um, and basically that there was uh, no clear focus on active travel uh, in the plan um, but Kelly who was then Minister for State uh, of State for Public Transport he personally intervened we're told to get the town uh, reassessed by officials back into 2012 and it gave out a 275k grant which was used to build a 20 space car park at Killaloo Tennis, Killaloo uh, Tennis Club His argument Kieran, is that uh, and his spokesperson's argument is that um, you know, they went by the rules and lots of people, lots of towns or cities got grants, but that's, he felt small towns had been excluded. Yeah, this is brilliant, actually, this part of the story, <laughs> because he felt small towns had been excluded. Now, the Department of Transport, Head of Sustainable Transport, Laura Behan, sent back a letter uh, saying that that's not true, small, there was, that small towns had not been discriminated against in the process. Alan Kelly then went ahead and sa- disagreed with that, obviously, created a secondary competition for these small towns, and out of that, uh, Balna Killaloo got this €275,000 grant. Now, as well, Lockray, I think, got €475,000 yeah. grant as well. Um, Balna had a higher score than um, Balna Mayo, should I say, mm. as opposed to Balna Killaloo, yeah. Alan Kelly's Balna, uh, got a higher score in this. They have this scoring system to see whether they, they, they should be eligible for this grant. Got a higher scoring, but for some reason it didn't get selected. Yeah. Now, I should say, you mentioned the statement from, from the Minister's spokesperson. The Minister was attempting to correct an acknowledged difficulty that towns with a small population had in the process. From what I can gather from Michael Brennan's piece, the only person who acknowledged that difficulty was Alan <laughs> Kelly. So it would be like me looking at the window saying it's a glorious day and five minutes later saying oh, Shane it, it has been acknowledged that it's a glorious day out there yeah it's the third time that <laughs> Alan Kelly has provided a grant to his funding to his local town against the advi- uh, local constituency against mm-hmm. ex 
expert advice. They've helpfully given us a box on this in the in the business post as well. Yeah, he gave one million euro to Clonmel and five hundred thousand to Thurlis, Thurlis last year um, under another round of the active travel scheme. Um, our towns around the county now will be googling that to see what they can <laughs> get out of that scheme if if uh, from tomorrow morning. Um, other towns which got significantly higher scores from an independent assessment group were not funded. We're told. And last year he also announced one point nine million grant for a greenway between Clonmel and Carrigan Shore, but the project was not on the top ten shortlist put together by another independent expert group. Mm, okay, um, Jane, just briefly on that though. Uh, on a serious note like uh, the, the minister's spokesperson as well said that other factors are always considered this is millions of euro of taxpayers money yeah. we're talking about over why this. do they have a scoring explain, system explain what they are if there's a scoring system exactly. and then you decide to disregard it because other factors just tell us what the other factors yeah. are and make the story go away well that's it Yeah, I don't understand why they have a okay. scoring system or given details of the scoring system lots of coverage across the papers as you would expect of the uh, Ashley Madison uh, leaks Kieran, um, it's, a, it's, it's a fair, <laughs> I suppose we can put it like that. Blanket coverage. <laughs> Blanket is coverage. coverage. Yeah. Uh, lots of undercover report. Yeah, no, come on. Okay. Enough puns. Um, it's it's a story that won't go away. Yeah, it won't go away. I should say, I'm going to put wash my dirty linen in public here. Yeah. A few years ago on The Breakfast Show, Chris or Ivan were interviewing the CEO of Ashley Madison. So as part of it, when we were researching it and doing up the brief for the presenters, um, we signed up to it outside and I we used my email address and everything uh, to find out how it worked and show Chris right how it worked. This up. Yeah, so, 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 uh, so, so my name is on this list uh, of people. So who are you that prominent, prominent journalist? Out there? <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. Um, but it's, it's interesting. There's a piece Neve Horan is writing about it in, in the Sunday Indo today, and uh, she's a couple of interesting little bits on it. She makes the point as well that um, that a, a lot of people. I'm not the only innocent victim, apparently. Uh, that Ashley Madison have been in the, in the business of bulk buying email addresses from marketing companies so that so Shane Coleman's address could be on it anyone's address could be on it and, and you know nothing about it that they they use this basically to bulk up the system and make it look like it's a much busier site than it is yeah because the idea Sheila that I think it was said it was 135 Irish people 135,000 Irish people it just sounded ludicrous it does indeed yeah where do they have the time who's the That's time what I want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the energy as well uh, it's not, not just men though no, it's not just men, but I do have a bit of an objection about the way the coverage to this is going on. I think the Mail has it on the front of the, uh, on a, front of the paper today. You know, why do men cheat? Well, women are on this site as well. It, takes you two know? To tango, yeah. it does take two to tango. The Times, is Ashley Madison the biggest marriage destroyer in history? Well, no, surely the people who signed yeah. up for mm-hmm. the Ashley Madison website, like, you know, they were potentially the biggest destroyers of their own marriages in history. You know, I mean, that's the reality of it here. I think a lot of the coverage has been naturally enough sensationalist water cooler stuff sure it's fantastic um, to be looking at other people in this position and and there are difficulties if you like but Katie Glass has a very good piece in the Sunday Times today about it and she has interviewed a few people who were on it and I you know who were on the site when they were single or in, maybe in relationships or whatever, and now kind of are living. And now it literally is coming back to haunt them. That does kind of make you realise about the other side of it. But at the same time, I think we have this great puritanical streak. We want to look at it, and yeah. you know, we were a bit we, you, want, you want to see the neighbour on it, don't you? You want, <laughs> you want to see your next door neighbour's we name. Sniffy oh, about it. You know, okay. we think we're above all that. This is my thanks to uh, Sheila Riley of the Longford Leader and News Talk's own uh, Kieran Cuddy.